This is a podcast from Minute Media. In the fall each year we all congregate The bounce all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Munson Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman German can obnoxious, what you'll face Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday Nathens Podcast, where a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, joined as always by my co-host, Boss Dog. And Boss, it's title week, baby. I'm fired up. I mean, I've been waiting for this one really for since 2018, to be honest. If I'm being honest, I've been waiting that long. I mean, I was excited about the regular season game last year, but you know, it didn't have the same hood spot as this one does like this is this is for something and i need i need to exercise those demons like i'm sure all dogs fans do but i like need it down in my toes brother i just need to get rid of all these terrible tied memories one of which you were right beside me for <laughs> yes the crumpling which we've talked about it, uh, enough to kill a dead horse my temporary temporary paralysis i'm right there with you i'm ready to exercise these demons as well man there have been too many gut punches and broken hearts over this damn team and i it is time i mean i really thought that last year and we played them probably as bad as best as anyone could have and did all season and i really thought last year we were going to exercise those demons and i really think after that game we propelled Alabama to become the team they were at the rest of the season. So we will see how Saturday goes. I fully expect the dogs to win and we'll do our analysis later in the week, but I've never felt more confident going into an Alabama week than I had, than I do this week. I will say that. That's a good way to put it. I feel the same way. It's, it's weird. It's a weird position to be in. Like I saw the line come out at like six or six and a half. And I was like, oh, I'm all over that. Like, I love that number. Just because if you've watched college football this season, your own two eyes should tell you a couple things. Number one, that Georgia is real, capital R-E-A-L. And Alabama is not the Alabama that we're accustomed to. And you and I have talked about this off air and a little bit on air, but what, where that starts and ends is with their offensive line. I mean, forever and ever, amen, they've just been able to line up and punch in the mouth and do whatever the hell they want to offensively. They just can't this year. And I don't think any amount of game planning or scheming is going to change that. I just think they are who they are. I think the Iron Bowl was just another example of that because let's not get it twisted here. Rivalry game or not, Jordan-Hare Stadium or not, Nick Saban's demons in Jordan Hare Stadium or not. Auburn stinks. Stinks out loud. And like, dude, TJ Finley, not like he played well. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. If they had played a good offense on Saturday or even a serviceable offense on Saturday, that game probably would have been like 35 to nothing. I mean, I don't know. I just, 
you don't watch them and go, oh boy, I don't, I don't want to play them. Like they just, they don't scare you. Saturday showed me more and more what I already thought, but it just proved it how much that offense flows through Jamison Williams. And yeah. that is the first time in a long time that it's been so one player centric that they've only had one real weapon where the whole offense flows through him. Like you'll say that like, okay, this is the starting point of the offense. And then it fans out and then they've got, you know, three other weapons that, you know, they can go to like last year, you will say that the offense started with Najee Harris, but then you got the Heisman trophy winner and Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. And then it just kind of went trickle down the line. This year, they it's Jamison Williams, and then that's pretty much it. Mitchie's really talented and is going to play on Sundays, but he's not a first-round pick. I go back to, why is that? Because they can't run the football whenever the hell they want. Exactly. Like, it's Evan Neal and four pairs of shoes. They just don't, they don't have the dominion to line up and dictate the flow of the game like they have for seemingly 20 Ever. Like they're they're just built different. And I think a secondary point on that, they also don't have the defense to fall back on either and go, hey, you know, we don't have it this week offensively. Go out, stop whoever we're playing until we can figure it out. And that's my point about Saturday against Auburn, right? Like they were fortunate that they were playing a really poor Auburn team that could only muster 10 points over the course of a four quarter game. And that game was still in striking distance in the fourth quarter when they finally got themselves right and figured some stuff out. I mean, that, that's my whole point with it is they're just not the Alabama that you're accustomed to. And I, I, I do agree to normally I would say it's all coach speak and team talk when they say, the past doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it's Alabama. It's a nameless, faceless opponent. But I think there's more truth to that, like real truth to that with this Georgia team because I just don't think it matters. I think they are their only opponent because they're so good. And if they do what they've been doing and take care of business season, it really doesn't matter who they're playing. But he's equipped to beat them given how dominant the defense has been. And hell, man. We texted about it. Stetson played, I think, his best game on Saturday. Now, let's all let's caveat this with it was against Georgia Tech. So I'm not like saying he should go to New York for the Heisman or anything. I'm just saying that he looked good. And I think if he doesn't turn the ball over, he's everything they need to win on Saturday, right? Like I think that's the only thing that changes that dynamic is if he turns the ball over two or three times and takes away possessions from us. Other than that, you got to feel great going into this game if you're a Dodgers fan. I don't know why this game feels so much to me like 2017 Auburn in the SEC title game. Like, I feel like – I'm not saying that Bama's going to come out and score on the first drive, but I feel like Bama's going to come out, throw their best punch at us. They may score – and then our defense is going to take over the game. And then we're just going to methodically 
drive it down their throats, you know, maybe not running, but methodically drive it down the field the rest of the game and just take control the rest of the way. That's the way I see this game playing out. I just don't think that Bama has the horses this year. I mean, we've, we've been talking about it. This just, this team is just different. And on defense, just like you said, they're, they're not the same on defense either. They're Will Anderson and 10 other guys. There's talent there, but they don't play as a unit like they have in the past. Yeah, I just, I also don't think he's going to get home all by himself. I just, they need more than that. I, I think that they've said this, you know, that their run defense has been good and it has been like numbers wise, it has been very good. But I think along their interior defensive line, they're also not what they normally are. Like, dude, they don't have Christian Barmore this year. They don't have Clinton Williams this year. They don't have Terrence Cody. You know what I'm saying? There's always that one guy there who is a game changer on the D-line. They don't really have that guy. They don't have a dude on that defensive front. And that matters because it doesn't allow them to do all the things they're used to doing from the linebacker position. And then I think because of that, the secondary has shown holes because they're not getting home like they used to. They're not putting on pressure like they used to or like they normally do. And so – yeah, I think in some ways they've been exposed because of that. And I think Georgia's got an opportunity to take advantage of that. And I think you're going to see Stetson have some design runs and things of that nature to keep him honest on that front. I think they love that option too, is having the ability to run a little bit with Stetson to kind of keep the Alabama defense honest. But yeah, I mean, look, let's also talk about really, really big news from the Georgia Tech game. Really, I think probably – the most notable news from the Georgia Tech game. George Pickens back, baby. I, I would mean, my crow on this. When he got hurt, I said he was never going to suit up for Georgia again. So I was wrong, and I am never, I've never been more happy to be wrong. So I am glad that he is back. I am shocked that he is playing. That is yeah. one of the more remarkable ACL recoveries that I have ever seen. And even if he is at 80% and doesn't, really do a whole lot just his presence changes how teams have to scheme us yeah so i'm very curious to see how much he plays on saturday i am too man i mean what did he get six snaps five snaps something like that on saturday he got three snaps um two routes so i mean one after his catch he tried to go back on the field yeah and they grabbed it they took him off so I mean, look, he's a competitor. I don't think you can watch George or have watched George over his Georgia career and not go, man, he's got the fire in his belly. So you know he wants to play. And given how what kind of year it's been, you know he wants to play. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, even give him 10 snaps. Yeah. Give him 10 snaps. Those 10 plays, those are 10 plays that Alabama has to scheme for him. And they have to account for – his size and his speed and his athletic ability that let's face it. We don't have Bowers is that guy this year. So you put him Bowers and Darnell on the, on the field at the same time. How do you match up against that? How does anyone match up against that? Yeah, man. And I'll I'll tell you too. I, I think, and I know he had the rib tweak on Saturday, but Kirby said he's going to be fine. You know, you got Kiaris at almost full strength. You got Jermaine, at full strength. I mean, you talk about that may have been best ball stats to throw a year, I thought. 
from an anticipation perspective. Either that one or the one he threw to Arian on that corner touchdown route. Against UAB? Oh, no, no, against um, the fourth down play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was a good throw, man. I mean, put that thing in the breadbasket. Beautiful play. And, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Brock Bowers, just adding another notch to the belt. Unbelievable. Looked like he had afterburners on him. I mean, he just walked the dog on Georgia Tech secondary. It was crazy. It looked like he was playing against high school kids. That was one of the craziest things I've seen. And when I when it first happened, that can't be Brock. Like, you, you knew it was, but you, in your mind, you're like, there's no way that that's a tight end. I kept going. I was looking at it. I was going, like, when is somebody going to catch him? You know, he just kept expecting, oh, yeah, somebody's about to catch him. And then, nope, I'm just going to put, like, three links in front of me. Reminding me of going to track meets in high school. You know, they'd run the four-by-one. And if somebody got caught on that fourth leg, the whole crowd would go, whoop. Woo! That's what I feel like. like he's just walking them right now. It was unreal, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know, man. I Kenny had another good play. Like they're just, it's just they're they're a lot. They are a lot to deal with. And Todd Munkin has been in his bag all year. I feel like, and he just seems so comfortable at the controls, having guys go in and out. So I just, I don't know, man. They're gonna be they're gonna be tough to stop. Also, I don't know how you were, but for me, the only thing that gave me some pause on this kind of three-game season we have now was playing a team that could come out, shoot off some fireworks, score quick. The only team I thought maybe could do that from a weapons perspective was Ohio State. Well, Michigan whipping their behind in Ann Arbor this weekend changes all of that. So, like, now, as you evaluate the potential playoff field, if they get past Alabama on Saturday, who in that grouping scares you? Who in that grouping do you go, oh, boy, I want to play them? I mean, I don't know, man. I just It's not a real daunting field. I feel like everyone that's a potential we match up with extremely well. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. You look at them all and you go, well, they do exactly what we're built to stop and built to exploit, right? I I don't know. I just, they were doing all the projections and I was going, oh boy, I love that matchup. Yep. Love that one too. I don't know, man. I just, Ohio State was the only one where you go, man, well, they could come out and get up 14, nothing quick. And that'd make me a little bit nervous because we haven't been in that scenario yet. Yeah. Thanks, Michigan. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Although I will say, and I tweeted this Saturday, so about that Ohio State offense against the Georgia defense, because you say what you want. Michigan's defense ain't Georgia's defense. And they, in a lot of ways, neutralized Ohio State from an explosiveness perspective. So if Michigan could do it, how would they have looked against our defense? I think was my takeaway from watching that game. Also, my other takeaway, um, Michigan putting up 42 points in Ohio State's defense. Which Pretty maybe much primarily is- on the ground. Yeah, which maybe it's just an indictment on the Big Ten. But how about, since we talked about it, how about my boy P.J. Fleck booting the Badgers out of the Big Ten title game? How does LSU not call him? Oh, God, dude. I'm telling you. I, I have, I've told this to anybody who will listen, as you know. I don't understand how his name doesn't even get mentioned. Like, nobody even says it. Like, oh, yeah, they should talk to P.J. Fleck. What, what, what are we doing here? 
it, it he would be my first phone call. We row the boat all day, baby. We're in the bayou. It's rowing boat country, baby. Let's go get some gators. I don't know. Who do you think they're going to try to get? Billy Napier going to Florida. Lincoln Riley going to USC. Who the hell's is going to hire? I mean, who's Oklahoma going to hire? I have no who's, idea. What I, this is? I can't remember a crazier offseason, and not just so much with the change, the couple of changes that we have, but with the raises that. I mean, let's face it. Some average coaches are getting. Yeah. I mean, look well, what Franklin got. I mean, he's yeah. not. He's not worth that. Now he does provide stability, but he's never beaten Ohio State. They just lost again on Saturday. Yeah, and he just got. Did he get a ten-year extension too, or it was an eight? Uh, it was a ridiculous amount. It, it was long. It was pretty much you stay here as long as you want. How yeah, about that? Though? Big win. Big win for Coach Tuck. What a season yeah. they had. Yeah, especially after getting the doors blown off against Ohio State. You know, a lot of people thought they were just going to pack it in. So, yeah. and then, I mean. I know we're SEC through and through, but the weather in those two games this weekend Perfect. was just awesome. Like, like, dude, if you were drawing up what the game should look like, that weather in Ann Arbor was like just like Perfect. you wanted. Like, if you were if you were if you were going to play the game against each other on NCAA fourteen, and that's what you, want. you set the weather settings. That's the weather settings that you would have set. On yeah. on NCAA, like that was ideal. And I'll the be pen- honest with you, I think it I think it played right into Michigan's game. Oh play. yeah, yeah, definitely. And Cold, the Penn State wet, the Penn State Michigan State game. I loved every second of that game. Just for the simple fact is that half the time you couldn't see Mich- the Penn State on the field. Like if you were just like at first glance, you know, just like walking past the living room and you look, trying to see what's going on. You couldn't even see Penn State on the field. Yeah, it was like, like that, old Bill. It was like old Bill Walsh football. Yeah, it was great. So a lot of memories from the childhood. So we're, we're going down nostalgia lane here. So yeah, it was it was fantastic. You know, I, I thought the same thing. I turned on the game. I flipped over at the first Georgia 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 Tech commercial break, and I was like, "Oh, baby, this is just right." Like. You talk about a perfect setting for this matchup. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, dude, great day at college football in general. Like, pretty much three straight games, enormous rivalry games that were all awesome games. Yeah. Like, Michigan-Ohio State, great game at the noon slot. In the Iron Bowl, the first ever overtime Iron Bowl game in history? Yeah. Oh, before we before we move on. Are we going to talk about just- the overtime format? Yes. How stupid <laughs> is that? Somebody said this. Somebody tweeted out, and this was during the uh, Penn State game when they had like the nine OT game against uh, who they lose to. Yeah, Illinois. 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 They said, "Can we all agree that the current college overtime system is the stupidest, makes no sense thing on planet Earth?" And then it said, "Dot dot dot," and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought in a lot of ways it was good because it was like, you know, look, if you're like a football purist, it is just the worst way to have a football game settled. Like it's essentially just sudden death, one play, sudden death. I mean, that's what it it's, is. No. It's, okay. 
I'm going to lose a lot of people here because I played soccer my entire life. Long before, oh, here we okay? go. We're going down it's a rabbit hole. I don't want to go it's, down. It's essentially penalty kicks, folks. It is. It's not even it, penalty kicks. There's five of those. Well, yeah, true. But if you get past the five, that's what it is. That it's it's back and forth. That's it's essentially what it is. one penalty kick. Yeah, it's essentially what it is. It's it's ridiculous. I hate it. I absolutely and I don't hate it so much in the regular season. But if the, if a playoff game is decided by that oh, or horrible. a national oh, yeah. championship, oh my horrible. god, I'm gonna lose my absolute mind. I, so, I just think I think too, it can't be from the three. Like if it's gonna be two point conversions, it needs to be from like the ten or something. Like make it a little bit more difficult. But from the three, like dude, in the Penn State Illinois game, they had an overtime period where they both ran running plays. <laughs> I know. I don't. I just. I. It, I don't like it one bit, man. I thought it was great the way it was, where they started forcing you to go for two if you two. kept scoring. Yeah. Yeah, like I get that. after a touchdown, I thought that was great. But just going for two, oh, it's so stupid. I think it's. I don't like it. And really, we owe this. We owe the rule change strictly to that LSU Texas A and M game from what three years ago. Correct. That was why they, they they decided to start talking about changing the rule, and then they changed it. Was that yeah. one game that went to what seven overtimes? I think seven over. Yeah, it was like seventy-two to six. I don't even remember the scores. It was an outrageous score. Though. I, but I remember. I remember when they went to overtime. It was like thirty to thirty or something like that. And then they ended up in the seventies and the sixties. Well, like to this point though, why not just have it be a graduated moving of the line of scrimmage? Okay. We're going to yeah, play I'm the first that. two overtimes from the 25. We're going to play the second two overtimes from the 15. We're going to play all overtimes from there on out from the 10 or something, right? Like at least ha- make it have some semblance of football, not just this. Oh yeah. We're going to run one play from three yard line. Uh, like to your point, if it, I mean, it already did decide a very important game. Dude, if Alabama loses that game, they're out of the playoffs, regardless of yeah. what happens in the SEC title game, I think. So, it's a big deal. They're still very much alive in CFP now. Now, granted, you can't wring your hands about it too much because Auburn just pissed down their leg. I mean, you're up 10 nothing. Well, they say that was the third game this year. They've blown a double-digit second-half lead. Uh, yeah, yeah, third. Well, they were, they were beaten – Mississippi State, 28-3. I mean, yeah, they've had some bad ones, man. But I am glad you brought that up. Do you like that I went straight there? Didn't even know what you are going to talk about. Just went right to it. Yeah, I was losing my mind the whole the whole overtime. I was just like, this is just horseshit. I hate it. I hate it. So, I mean, no real big takeaways from clean old-fashioned hate other than that Georgia Tech program is a dumpster fire. I can't believe they didn't fire Jeff Collins. Like, I just, I'm shocked. I can't either, man. I mean, I, I, in some ways, I get it because of all the years to be on the search for a coach, this ain't the one, <laughs> right? Like, there are so many attractive jobs, and Georgia Tech would undoubtedly be at the bottom of that heap. So, like, who are you going and getting? So, I think strategically, it's not a bad move from that perspective. But from a pure results perspective, they have shown nothing to indicate that they are in any way going in the right direction. So I don't know, man. 
And I in would some think ways, case, they're showing they're going in the wrong direction. In some ways, they should have transitioned straight from Paul Johnson, just gone and gotten Jeff Monk. Like somebody tweeted out, Georgia Tech got shut out two straight weeks. How many times did they get shut out when Paul Johnson was there? And like, dude, this isn't the discount what Paul Johnson did. Like Paul Johnson had some good seasons there. But there is some truth to that. Like you have a gimmick offense like that. You can kind of nullify some of your talent deficiencies by the scheme because of what you have to prepare for. I think that showed in the Georgia series. Like the games they did win, it wasn't like Georgia Tech was a better football team at all. They just, the gimmick worked those three weeks, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think you have to have a reality check about where you are and what you are as a program. They're just, you telling me somebody's going to go coach there and get kids to come to Georgia Tech instead of going to Georgia from the state of Georgia? Hard no. That's a hard no. It's not even that. Anyone that has a chance that isn't going to Georgia from the state of Georgia, they're not going to Georgia Tech. They're going out of state. They're going to Auburn. They're going yeah. to, and if they're staying in the ACC, they're going to Clemson, Miami. I mean, hell, Duke. I mean, if you're looking at the academic side of it, you know, you're not, and you're staying in the ACC, Duke, even though they just let go of Cutcliffe, before this year, Duke was a more stable pro- football program than Tech. So, 100%. There's just, there's absolutely no benefit if you're a student athlete on in football to go to Georgia Tech. There's just not. Unless think, it's you want to be an too, Some of this has happened because the ACC is just not a good conference anymore. So unless you're Clemson or why go, right? Like you're not going to be playing in premier matchups. You're not going to be playing in primetime games. That's like, if you're an ACC fan, you need FSU to be good. You need Virginia tech to be good. You need these teams to be good, to give the conference some gravitas. So the entire barn can eat, right? Like, there's just no meat on that bone, man. Like if I was a kid, would you rather go play in the sec or dude, even the big 12 and big 10, I'd rather go play in those conferences and go play in the ACC right now. I just, yeah, it's just, there's nothing to it. I think the big 12 is still going to be more competitive and still, you know, from top to bottom, be a better conference with, even with losing Oklahoma and Texas than the ACC. Yeah, I think so too. Dude, they're adding Cincinnati. I think you can make an argument that Cincinnati's better than any team in the ACC this year. Well, I think that that's. I mean, I think they'll still be better than them, uh, better than any team next year, even with the talent on the defensive side of the ball for Clemson. Clemson's offense, I don't see how they get back on offense. They don't have that generational talent like Deshaun Watson, like Trevor Lawrence. I mean, DJU. I mean, he's talented, but he's not like those guys. Yeah, not the way they're currently built. They also don't have the dudes they've had on offense. Like, they don't have a guy on the edge that can burn you downfield. I mean, they've had two, really, in most years, and they don't have really one. I mean, Justin Ross, obviously not healthy after the injury. Not what he was before, which is what we expected. Um, I do think Will Shipley's coming into his own, though, and they have played and looked much better. We do. They're they're still finishing the year 9-3. and Yeah, and they're probably gonna. I mean, they're probably gonna get a favorable, favorable. Sorry, favorable bowl matchup. So they have a shot at a ten-win season with three losses. I mean, the way the season started to finish the season with ten wins—that's 
you know, finishing in the right direction, but Dabo doesn't have the gravitas to let go of Elliot. And without wanting to do that or the willingness to do that, they're going to be stuck in the same rut they are offensively next year. They just are. Yeah, so their three losses are to number one, Georgia, and then NC State and Pitt, who Pitt's going to play in the ACC championship, and NC State, if some things had fallen right, would have played in the ACC championship. So, you know, not teams that Clemson should lose to in the ACC, but they also didn't lose to, like, you know, somebody that was three and seven or something. I, I don't know. I just – I think they were in a big-time transition year really trying to find themselves – and I think the last two weeks, they've looked more like what we thought they would look like. Dude, they came out and blew the doors off Wake Forest. Yeah, I was not that was, expecting that. Yeah, I don't think many people were expecting that. That, that was really surprising. Well, I mean, dude, I think it's going to be a fun championship week, some fun matchups. I think that Oklahoma State-Baylor game will be a fun game. I think Michigan-Iowa could end up being a rock fight. So, dude, Iowa, different teams since they switched kids playing quarterback. Like, with that Padilla kid, they actually can put up some points. So, I don't know, man. That could be an interesting ball game because they still play pretty good defense. The whole th- game comes down to me for McNamara. It all comes down to that. I mean, Michigan's offense is, you know, pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. But if McNamara can make some plays and not turn over the ball, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to win the game. He has to not lose the game. Yeah. I thought he played well uh, against Ohio State. It's, but, I mean, some deep he, balls. he didn't get the big in, pick early. He had the big pick early when realistically that could have changed the complete complexion of that game. If sure. they score there, I mean, they, you know, get Ohio state on their heels. They, they hadn't been in a play position like that all season. Yep. So I don't know. I, he doesn't do a ton for me, but I could definitely see them. If he plays well, they roll in that game. Yeah, I, I think they are the better team for sure. I'm just saying on a neutral field, that could be an interesting ball game, especially since you got a Michigan team that hadn't been there ever. I mean, they never played in a Big Ten title game. And th- they got some things to manage. They're coming off a monster win. And now they got to manage, oh, yeah, we got to win one more so we can dance. I'll tell you what, though, if they lose, it makes things real interesting. Well, if them or Oklahoma State loses, it makes things real interesting. I think Notre Dame could slip in. Yeah, Notre. I think I think if either one of them lose, <clears throat> Notre Dame is guaranteed a spot. Yeah, dude, we could have a field that is Georgia, Notre Dame, Cincinnati, and who? Oklahoma State. If they win, what if they, if both they win? Lose? Oh man, then and if they both lose, Georgia wins. Then it's. And then it's probably up to a two-loss Alabama or a two-loss Ohio State for that fourth spot. I'm telling you, man, it's it it could get wild. And Baylor very much could beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm I'm here for it. Give me all the chaos. All the chaos, hundred percent. Give me all the chaos. I mean, I I want them to get in because I think they deserve it. But I would love it if Houston beat Cincinnati, just because it throws a wrench in the whole thing. Because, dude, I'm of the opinion, the way they have ranked them, if they win Saturday, they're in, regardless of what else happens. I think if Cincy wins, they're in, based on what the committee has set up. I think think Ohio State losing sealed that. I honestly think the way that they're going to be ranked, I think think either Cincy or Michigan are going to be two. 
Oh, on, I think Michigan's going to be two. And you think it'll be so? You think it'll be one Georgia, two Michigan, uh, three Bama, four Alabama. Cincy? Yeah, I don't think they're going to move Cincy, but I think they're going to keep Bama at three, dude. I'm telling you, man. You can just tell by the way they've ranked some of the SEC West teams throughout the year. They're trying to give themselves as many outs as possible to keep Alabama in the field, in my opinion. So if they do that, if they do that, let's just say devil's advocate, you know, because we're off the rails here. Let's say Bama wins. Does Bama jump and Michigan wins? Let's say, let's say Bama wins last second field goal, Hail Mary. Not not convincingly, you know, luck lucks into a win, and Michigan blows the doors off Iowa. Who's one in that scenario? Alabama. If Alabama. Alabama beats Georgia. They will be number one. Hard stop. Because Georgia of how to three, because of how dominant Georgia's been. Yes, then Georgia will fall to three, and they will play Michigan. And then Bama gets Cincy. Michigan's the committee will not put a Michigan team that lost to Michigan State. Over top an Alabama team that just beat Georgia. No shot. No shot. They've already indicated that by how they've ranked the teams. I just, yeah. Not that I think Alabama's going to win, but yeah. If Michigan, no, no, if, no, Alabama, if Alabama beats Georgia, Alabama will be the number one seed. And Georgia will be three, so they don't have to play each other two weeks in a row. And I still think since he gets in, unless Oklahoma State wins, then I think it gets dicey. That's actually worst case scenario for Cincinnati. Is Alabama wins, Oklahoma State wins, Michigan wins. That's worst case scenario for Cincy. Because the committee cannot keep Georgia out. They just can't. Like I think when Georgia won on Saturday, they punched their ticket to the playoff. God, wouldn't that be some shit? <laughs> it would be crazy, dude. And in all honesty, I don't know that Oklahoma State's the lock. I think they'd have a serious conversation about Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. Because the Big 12 is just they don't have a team where you go, oh, man, they're good. Like, even Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma, everybody went, well, Oklahoma kind of stinks. So, And who's Oklahoma State's loss to? They Iowa lost State? to, yeah, I think that's right. Wasn't Iowa right. State? Pretty sure it's Iowa State. And Iowa State's been obviously oh, wait. impressive this year. Yeah, because they beat Baylor, right? Or did Baylor beat them? No, it was Baylor. It was Baylor. So if yeah. they win and they avenge their loss, they're probably in. They're probably. I in. think. I think they'll boot Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't know, man. It could be wild, but I'm with you. I'm here for all the chaos minus chaos in Atlanta. Yeah. I want. I want Georgia to win by five touchdowns. And then I want chaos everywhere else. Yeah. I want jo- I- Georgia to win, Baylor to win, Iowa to win, Houston to win. <laughs> chaos. And then see what happens. Let's see the committee squirm a little bit. Oh, God. They would squirm, too. Yeah. All right, homie. I don't really have anything else. We just went down a... We haven't talked since Saturday, Hole, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we will have a preview episode later in the week, but just want to talk a little bit because I'm excited about freaking title game. Do you like our graphic, our trilogy fight graphic? Yeah. It's amazing. So you have to you have to t- talk about the uh, before we go you have to talk about the the, the private message you got about the website. <laughs> yeah, all right. So if you follow us on social, you saw that we posted our own version of a game poster, uh, just because I was so excited um, Saturday night and Sunday that I put a little something together to post. But anyways, I put a website on there, like a fake website, 
as a play on Kirby's I'm going to run through a wall speech from the halftime of the Florida game, www.breakthesebitches.com. So we have one of our listeners, loyal followers, shoot me a direct message and go, hey, dude, is that a real website? <laughs> because uh, I tried to go access it and some really weird stuff came up. <laughs> and I texted boss and I was like, hmm, maybe I didn't think that one through too much. <laughs> And, and he was right. If you do go try to put that website in, it doesn't take you anywhere. It is not a real website. But the suggestions that it gives you based on what you've tied in, typed in are a bit interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, maybe I, didn't think, I didn't think that one all the way through. But if you're a dogs fan, you know what I was getting at there. It yeah. also made me think maybe I should buy the domain name BreakThesebitches.com and we should do something with it because I think there's something funny there. But um yeah it made me laugh <laughs> highlight of my weekend like my Absolutely brain hysterical. my brain never even entertained that it would be something bad or dirty <laughs> so i got the message and i just laughed out loud i was like oh god maybe this will turn out poorly um so yeah anyways that was fun. on that note made me laugh. yeah on that note we'll see you at the preview episode <laughs> go dogs baby go dogs hey george is better now